0: Have you ever heard the expression, what's the tea? According to Urban Dictionary, it's when someone has gossip and you want to know every detail as soon as possible.
1: So that's what this podcast is, spilling the tea on what it's like to have cancer or the big C as a young person in Northern Ireland.
0: Recorded in 2022, two charities, Young Lives vs Cancer and Cancer Fund for Children, have come together to talk about cancer services in Northern Ireland and share the stories of the young people and the families that we support.
2: But I, I couldn't have gone through what I went through without my family. Yeah. Um, it's it's absolutely crazy yeah. how much help they give me. Yeah. And even when I was giving none back, they didn't ever give up on me. They would be there for me, but also respect my wishes and mm-hmm. me wanting my space and not wanting to be around anyone, not want to speak to anyone. Um, but even like when there was that like glimmer of hope mm-hmm. for me they would be there.
1: In this episode we speak to Connor about being diagnosed with leukemia at nineteen and how, with the support of friends and family, he navigated the isolation and anxieties of treatment. It reminds us of the importance of a listening ear and having gratitude for those who supported him throughout. Just a heads up, there's a little bit of swearing in this podcast. Hope you enjoy the tea. Hello, it's the Connor TakeOver. I am here now back by popular demand with Twice as much Connor from before. We have special guest star Connor and also Helen, as per usual. Helen take it away
0: (laughs) (laughs) what a beautiful intro that was so good not rehearsed at all off the cuff i love it first time first time yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um yes back by popular demand from episode two of series one we have connor co-hosting with me today and not to confuse matters but we are joined by another connor so this could get interesting first of all co-host connor how are you feeling
1: Feeling good. I've been uh, recently cloned, so I can double up my podcast output. Very excited about it, latest technology. Going to pass it on to my clone now, Connor. <laughs> how do you feel?
2: I feel pretty good, man.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, our, our research shows us that you had cancer at a stage. Is that correct? Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm going to say that's correct. Yeah.
1: What's your thoughts? Would you recommend?
2: It's it's it wouldn't be my top recommendation. Not a like my Not my. <laughs> most bottom not my bottomest, not my lowest <laughs> <laughs> recommendation uh, Love it's, it. yeah, it's Four pretty,
1: out of ten cancer. Let's go. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> annoying. Yeah. Um but it's not ideal. Put it that way. Yeah, a bit of a dampener like not Yeah. But what kind of cancer did you have? That I affects had, the rating a lot. Uh I had leukemia. So leukemia four out of ten, yeah. Uh
2: mm, I give it maybe a four
1: point two. All
0: right, that's, yeah, wow. that's fair. Wow. Yeah. This is the most random start to a podcast ever. <laughs> but I am here for it. So. <laughs> so, we have both Connors on today. Uh, Connor, we're really uh, looking forward to hearing about your experience and stuff like that. And, uh, Connor, I'm delighted to have you on as a co host. So, you've gone up in the world here. This is very exciting. Um, Connor, why don't you maybe tell us a little bit about what life was like for you before you were diagnosed? Paint the picture. Um... Yeah, so
2: I, I I guess I was, what was I? I was nineteen when I was diagnosed. So November twenty eighteen, and <clears throat> so I'd just finished school uh, the previous summer, like a couple months before. And you know, like I, most people in my school, um, my sort of upbringing, like would have gone to uni and stuff. That was never the plan for me. I never wanted to do that. Um, so I was going to, off to do a ski season. In Valterren in France, and that was the plan for years to go and do that. Um, Which I was really, as you can probably imagine, excited for that. Uh, I had a rough couple years in school before that, so just kind of was itching to get away and kind of live my life and uh, just explore and adventure and see see what this whole life thing's all about. Um, And then, yeah, so I was working a couple of, our jo- job, job, actually, just before, in between the summer, and then when I got diagnosed for, like, a couple of months, just went before I was going out to the ski season, and I think so mid-October then, I was actually in, like, a car crash, um, wow. and I broke my hand in it, and actually I have, like, this, like, weird, like, shoulder, neck pain, which has kind of been with me since, and only realised recently, I think that's what it's actually from, um, from that basically I had uh, my hand broken it was like fully uh, bruised for like a couple of weeks but like in a really weird way like the whole hand like almost up the arm and stuff and it was like why is this not going oh, away
0: like real bru- bruising yeah oh, right, okay. um,
2: and like a, a strange colour I swear it was like purple as well yeah. um, so I guess that was like for me yeah one of the early signs of um, yeah yeah I guess what was to come and so yeah then I was planning on going out I was so actually my second I left home in the middle of November or third November sorry and I was going and seeing like different friends in universities and things Uh, and I was the second day away I was in Newcastle seeing my friend Connor and uh, then I was out playing like five a side and that's uh, walked about for about two or three minutes and was like I need to stop I literally can't go on yeah. to stop and went to like the A&E uh, afterwards and luckily my dad who's a doctor was able to like be on the phone being like no basically they wouldn't take my bloods in A&E it's just not something they do All right. um so then I had to go back the next day and I went to I could get this wrong but I think it's called like this. Ambul- ambulatory department that's probably wrong but it's basically that where all, <laughs> yeah, we'll where all the ambulances go and they were able to take my bloods there um and then obviously what transpired i went home that evening but like i didn't know any of what was going on i was wow. just like
0: and you're still in newcastle at this point yeah,
2: yeah i'm still in newcastle and oh, no. then so i like was getting blood and everything through that day in newcastle and then took a flight home just to boycott it that evening to then obviously come back and start treatment but i wasn't told any of this um like i I didn't even ask to be honest uh i probably i didn't really think anything of it yeah. um and was a bit i like i remember at the time being really annoyed that like I was gonna have to come home for like even like dad I was like, Oh, you like, I'm gonna book you a flight tonight. I was like, What? Not, like, what are you talking <laughs> are you about? Like yeah, because <laughs> like, obviously, I had like this whole like ski season ahead of me, like a yeah. couple of weeks, even like in my head, the ski season wasn't even slightly and endo- it was more even just like a couple of weeks traveling, seeing yeah. friends and stuff before. Um, and so, yeah, then like came home and from the airport, mom and dad picked me up and brought me straight to the hospital, which they'd organized. Um, and then Yeah, was in there um, for three months. Straight after that, Um, wow! But
0: so you hadn't even got home before going to the hospital, and then that was you for three months.
2: Yeah, I went straight from the airport. Actually, we went to we did get a drive through McDonald's in the way. Um,
0: Priorities, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) as
1: per special request. Skiing McDonald's leukemia—that's a priority list. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, love it. Love it.
0: Thank goodness! Oh my goodness, you went for that McDonald's.
1: Yeah, it was pretty good.
0: Did you go, when you went to, get to hospital, w- did you have to go to a or...?
2: No, they, I think they took me straight into the cancer ward. There's, like, a separate building, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I think I was straight in there, and then I was in there for a few days while I was getting all my checks and everything, and getting my biopsy and everything, and then that's... After that, they transferred me up to uh-huh. haematology after a few days in there, but, yeah, I wasn't
1: in a no. And when did you find out that it was leukaemia you were dealing with?
2: Um, I think so. I remember getting across on maybe like a Wednesday. No, Tuesday evening, I think. Um, I guess I must have had the biopsy on the Wednesday. And then find out the results of that on the Thursday or maybe the, way, I don't know, I don't know, actually, no, the other yeah. days. Um, and then, yeah, started on the Friday. Um, and so, yeah, literally within, like, a day or two uh, after kind of going into that and uh, in Newcastle. Um, yeah, so it all happened very quickly. But, like, one of the weirdest things I found for me was when I was, like, told about the had leukemia or whatever. For genuinely, like, a month or two. Probably a month and a half, I didn't even think I had cancer because I was told they had found cancerous, like blood cells, cancerous leukemic blood cells, whatever. And I was like, oh, well, like, just take them out. (laughs) 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 I just get rid of them I love that. Like, I don't have it. Like, you just find them. Yeah. (laughs) They're not part of me. But obviously were. So, like, I guess actually it almost would have been useful to have just been told, listen, you have cancer. Um, that's so interesting Yeah. rather than like, because I feel like that's I mean th- that must be intentional them doing that, like saying it in that way um, to
1: lessen the yeah, flow of it, exactly. like the shock of it but actually
2: it, it, I feel like it's counterproductive oh, yeah, <laughs> certainly for me anyway yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, and I feel like a lot of people feel the same way and especially then too that charities do so much to like take the power out of the word cancer like it's all in the branding, and then even all across the hospitals you know, so like I don't know why the diagnosis, they kind of shy away from it a bit, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. Yeah. I feel like even if they, like, walked you to the conclusion yourself, hangs so along the words used and grabbed, yeah. you know?
0: Was there a moment then that you remember that you thinking, I have cancer?
1: Vaguely,
2: yes. Um, it was probably more of a gradual thing. Mm. I also have, like, very like kind of scarce like we were even talking earlier about like Mm -hmm. a memory that happened uh with you and I like a few years ago and when I was in hospital Mm -hmm. and like a a lot of those memories kind of go Mm -hmm. um especially when you're on all that treatment um which sometimes I I kind of think of as not as a bad thing to be honest oh yeah um at all like there there's certain like really nice memories which I'm sure I would have loved to have kept but like my (laughs) my friend like uh Always brings up random, like Connor, uh, not me, different Con- like oh, no. third oh, Connor. This is getting <laughs> confusing. Yeah, yeah my best mate's called Connor as well. Uh, so it's just too many Connors, but not uh, enough Connors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll he'll like bring up um, things, and I'll be like, me, I literally just can't remember that. Um, but yeah, I think overall, it's probably not a bad thing that a lot of those uh, horrible memories
1: go.
0: Totally. Huh. Also, in terms of the memory that I brought up. Maybe not a bad thing you didn't remember that one <laughs> either. I oh, <that laughs> was going to say,
1: you were beating around the bush on that. Yeah. How, are we diving into that yet? Or are we going to chat a bit more about cutesy bits?
0: If anyone listened to the first episode of the first series, and I talked about my funniest moment in work... Uh, going into the hospital room. This was Connor's hospital room that I went into. So, um, and Connor, you had quite an impressive gaming station set up in your room, it has to be said. Yeah. Um. And Without
2: <laughs> doubt, the best gaming station any hospital bed has ever seen.
0: Completely. Like, it w- It was unreal. My, my
2: entire, like, uh, what do you call it, like, bed table that slides in and out yes. was completely devoted to, like, yeah. set up.
0: You meant business. Oh, you meant absolutely Oh, yeah, like,
2: there was no, f- like... There was no faffing about it. There yeah. was no food, anything that ever went <laughs> on that table. Like, I had to eat off, like, the crappy little, like, uh, like metal sizes and, like, was my, like, yes. bedside table. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just the sacrifices you have to make. Well, this is
0: it. And I also, I remember walking into your hospital room one day and I was just like, where do all these screens come from? I was like, <laughs> I don't understand. And then you had the noise cancelling headphones. Oh, yeah. So, I I went into Conor Trim one day to just I was doing word sport at the time, so you know, just to check in, say hi, I think maybe I had a form for you to sign. And uh, I had to wave at you at the end of your bed so that you could actually know I was there and then you're like, Yeah, do you know what it'll be ten minutes and just finishing this game and I was like, No worries <laughs> Slid into the corner of the room and then Connor forgot I was there. So <laughs> to be fair, it did seem like you were in an intense game. Oh. So, it was. Yeah, yeah, I
2: think I remember so uh, for those listening, it was Fortnite, uh, and right in its heyday, where uh, a victory at all was everything. Um, <laughs> Did you I,
1: secure the W? You no,
2: know, I couldn't tell you for certainty, but from my memory, I'm pretty sure we like came like sixth or something. Oh, it, was, well. it was such a disappointing end to <laughs> making Hal wait the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: for the record, by the way, also, which was keeping me amused, you obviously had your headphones on and you were talking to someone else. While I was in the room and I was like getting confused over like is he talking to me or is he no I don't think he's talking to me and then thinking if someone else walks into this room and I am just standing in the corner waiting for God (laughs) to finish and I did actually then after probably stupidly long time go to the end of your bed to wave again to remind you that I was there to which you are like oh yeah yeah yeah, sorry. (laughs) honestly i vividly remember that connor it was so funny yeah, i can only apologize yeah oh no i was here for the fact that you were so in that game <laughs> um i just maybe should have actually left you to it so.
1: yeah the fact that you knew you came sixth does that mean you finished the game and started another one yeah <gasps> what do you mean like you you finished the game like you got sick
2: yeah i think it was right at the start of the game when uh, you must have come in yeah. So that's a good, like, 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Uh, f- right. Maybe it wasn't six. Maybe it was third. I don't know. But, like, podium
0: finish. Podium The important bits are po-
1: yeah. important bits yeah
0: but the important bit of that is it probably was 25 minutes I waited in the corner of that room so I also don't know if you remember this going in and your brother was there one day and walking in again you were at your gaming station serious stuff going on here and I sat down and talked to your brother for a good bit of time he was lovely and chatted away (laughs) and got to the point where he said to you Connor like Helen's in the room and I was like, no, 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 it's fine and he made you take off the headphones and I don't know if you remember this but it was so amusing you took off the headphones you put them down and you went so what can you do for me? <laughs> and, I, and I felt like I was in a job honestly <laughs> so, so, and I felt like That's I such I, a good
1: response what a power move absolutely <laughs>
0: and I, I felt like I was in a job interview it was so amusing okay. I honestly, like it was so funny. <laughs> oh,
2: I'm actually, no, I'm impressed by that. That's I lovely. love that, Faye. That's so good. Yeah,
0: yeah. And yeah I, it, I do
2: remember, actually, I think you coming in and like, having a chat with my brother um, for a good while now. He's just sitting
1: well, down. You were station.
0: just in the Zoom, like, yeah. so... Um, yeah, you
1: forgot that last bit, conveniently enough,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that. But So, right, you were, <laughs> back to uh, the podcast, um, you were in hospital for three months straight.
2: Yeah. I th- actually um. did get out on Christmas Day. I went home on Christmas Day because um, I was in from like st- not a. I think it was like kind of start of November time to start of February time. That, okay. that sort of, uh, but I'd, so yeah, I think I had one day at home. Um, but yeah, I actually remember like not even really wanting to go home. Yeah. I just yeah. kind of wanted like, power through.
1: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And would that have been your first time home since leaving for the ski trip? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is mad, isn't
1: it? How'd you manage that? Like, genuinely, like how'd you manage getting such an intricate gamer setup in the hospital? Like from your house? Like, did you have to move a lot of personal items over? Or? Um,
2: it was well. I've actually, I like, I've grown up like playing those games and stuff, and just kind of knowing lots about computers. In fact, I'd bought um for going out to the ski season. I'd bought like a, a gaming laptop, um, and based, I think I'd sold my PC as well. Um, so it was all like in a system that I could already use, and then I knew how to set it up pretty easily. Um, and obviously with the ha- help of, like, me and my dad for this sort of thing, like, mum helped me in those ways. Probably not the best with computers, <laughs> so I'd say to dad, like, or I'd even just order something to the house that I would need, like a cable yeah. or whatever, mm. and they'd be able to bring it in. And, like, for me, I, c- I couldn't have gone through what I went through without my family. Yeah. Um, it's It's absolutely crazy how much help they give me yeah. and even when I was giving none back. Um <laughs> I, no genuinely well, What do you
0: mean by that? Yeah, tell me more about that.
2: Um just like they didn't ever give up on me. Mm. Um and like especially in hospital like I for so the for the first month I was Plane sailing, mm-hmm. fine. Like, mm-hmm. partially was that because I think because I hadn't accepted what was going on, mm-hmm. um, and I think part of it also was to do with certain drugs I was on actually um, in that period. And then, it, like coming up, I was on steroids for the first month, mm-hmm. and then coming like twenty eight days straight, and then coming off them on a high dose as well, very high dose. Um, so then coming off them for equally as long, basically. Um, I was just in the most depressive state I've ever been in in my life didn't want to see speak to anyone at any stage and they would be there for me but also respect my wishes and mm-hmm. me wanting my space and not wanting to be around anyone, not want to speak to anyone um, but even like when there was that like glimmer of hope mm-hmm. for me, they'd be there mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I, I can't even put it into words how much I uh, yeah. love and appreciate my family for that. Um.
0: Who is so? Who is your family? Like, who's in your family? Are <laughs> we wanting names here? Oh well, if, yeah. You could if they're if they're happy with names, yeah. but what's the family makeup for you then? You yeah. know.
2: Um, so there's mom and dad, um, Nigel and Caroline. Um, <laughs> okay. There's Patrick and Sophia, um, who are my brother and sister.
1: Uh, That's a lovely name. That's
0: such a good name. uh, It's all right, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are they they older? Yeah, so uh,
2: Sophia's two years older than me. Well, actually, uh, we always have a joke about this because for eight months of the year I'm she's one year older than me and two four months of the year she's two years older than me <laughs> um and I always say she's so what, what is it the minute Ju- july yeah so yeah I guess she's two years old okay me the minute, so technically yeah she has that one on <laughs> me at the minute and then patrick's yeah four years uh okay, older go. as well so it's nice like split um mm. and then there's my cousins uh who are live across the road and they're basically like mm. my like close family as well like love they're that. basically brothers and sisters um mm. with me so there's ben Anna, and amy and Julian mm. craig and then there's my grandda who lives round just around the corner um called dare and oh, he's just that. a legend. legend like so there's <laughs> the 11 of us now and yeah, yeah we'll, like have dinner together at least yeah. two like sometimes three or four nights a week oh um, i love that so yeah close
0: family yeah, yeah. i was like driving
2: range last night with ben Anna, and amy yeah
0: um
2: it's a good time. Yeah, really good
0: time.
1: How old were you when you were going through treatment?
2: Um, so, I was just nineteen, just turned nineteen, uh, and then the whole until this year, February. Um, so, f- yeah, from November twenty eighteen to February twenty twenty two. That's a long. Which makes treatment, it hey, makes it like sound longer mm-hmm. than. Nineteen to twenty-two. It's but a long road with leukemias though. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so you were nineteen, and um, as you said, there you have really close family and stuff like that. Um, did you tell them that you had about your diagnosis, or is that something that?
2: Um, I remember telling my, f- like, my friends. Um, I didn't tell. I don't think I told any family. I mm. uh, just left. Like mom and dad were there through the whole thing, so they yeah. uh, took that. Um, and like, kind of in retrospect, I also wish I wasn't the one that probably had to tell friends because mm. I remember having some really like <laughs> awkward conversation with my, like my best mate Connor. <laughs> and he's just like, I, was, I like rang him, I like texted the other ones, but rang Connor, <laughs> and I was, he's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, shit on me. <laughs> Sucks to suck. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you still <Yeah>. for skiing, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Literally. Uh, oh, man, but yeah. yeah, it's quite fun. And I, I don't really like yeah. care that much. how yeah. that happened, to be honest. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Um,
0: I mean, I feel as well when you're kind of like a teenager, like even sometimes. Having telephone calls are awkward anyway, like at the best of times without having to deliver news like that or, you know, all that like small chat and stuff like that. It's just when you're in a hospital then and you are, so you're solidly three months as well and you're surrounded by loads of new people. So new staff, new like charity workers coming and trying to explain what they're doing. And you're thinking, how am I here and not on a ski slope? You know, you've, you've, it becomes your home. For a while, yeah. you know what I mean? And you have very little control over a lot of that.
2: Yeah, because I went from one kind of extreme mm-hmm. to the other. Uh, like Kind of always wanting and excited to have like basically all my own responsibility and like yeah. independence to then the complete opposite end of the spectrum. I've mm-hmm. uh, been cared and looked after for like, minute to minute, mm-hmm. um, especially in hospitals. So, yeah, that was really tough. Um, but actually, something that just came into my mind when you were speaking there about that, Uh, previous thing Um, well I remember like sending in that like message into we have like a group chat called chilling Mm -hmm. and I remember sending in a a message like years ago when I got the diagnosis and then when I like finished treatment Mm -hmm. I remember like then sending in another message saying that I finished and it was like a really nice like kind of full circle (laughs) moment for me Mm -hmm. Um,
1: put a full stop in the whole thing like didn't it yeah and done now, move on. And, I, I, I
2: like, it's even one of those things, like, I know I'm going to send that message, and I can't wait to send that. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: oh, wow.
0: Totally the anticipation. Like,
1: you see the videos of them ringing the bells and all that? Did you get to ring a bell?
2: No, I didn't, actually, I no. didn't get
1: to ring a bell, either. What's what's that about? Is that an American thing, or is that...
0: Do you know... That's actually a really good point. I should probably know where the, the bell originated from, but it's to, it's that kind of like it's to signal the end of treatment and I suppose it being quite symbolic of what mm-hmm. you've been through. And But people have different opinions on it, you know what I mean? So for some, they will really want to do that and it really is a sign of, you know, even with like you're saying you're, that you know you're going to send that message in, so mm-hmm. it's like you know yeah. you're going to ring the bell um, for others... They'll maybe f- I've spoken to people before who have said well I haven't gotten a scan results yet so I don't want to ring it until yeah. I've got those back or they just don't want the attention of it so mm. it totally depends on your personality so
2: I think also it would be like like from like different for everyone I think from my perspective it would almost I would feel like I was like rubbing it in the face of other people <laughs> who are there it's like yeah i am finished like sucks to be you
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's such an interesting take on it as well actually
2: um, I, I mean I guess yeah like <laughs> I don't they didn't have it were where I went yeah. to get my treatment though yeah. so yeah it was never a thing for me
0: yeah um I find it really interesting what you were speaking about earlier on in terms of um your family and how they were there for you and particularly I suppose the the part about you know at one stage you by the sounds of it you were quite shut down you know it was just it was almost maybe head down just get through it and and I was
2: like that for most of treatment like I came a lot more like back out of my shell and stuff like in the following few years and Mm. that was a very gradual still process and I don't think I'm even fully there I think yeah um come out a bit more.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're <laughs> and on a podcast, that's flipping amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'd well, be good, hey, that's fair play. Yeah.
2: do my best out here, but, um, yeah, and I just shut off from the world for yeah. definitely at least six months fully and then probably for another couple of years, kind of going in and out a bit, mm-hmm. um, Yeah. yeah. And I, I still do come in a little bit, like I had two yeah. crappy days, like, a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, where I just didn't want to, like, as I was saying, we have like, dinner with our like cousins every... Uh, so every Monday they come to us, and I was, like, dying. And even, like, the day before, like, like my parents had c- come back from the North Coast and like came down and I just didn't want to speak. Mm-hmm. So I had dinner on Monday night, and instantly just went back, like, upstairs after I was finished. Um, So, like, it it does happen, Mm -hmm. um, but a lot less frequently now. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And I suppose, too, that's to be expected if you're three months treatment, like, in your wee room, and then bloody lockdown and COVID, Mm -hmm. you know, like...
2: Yeah, it didn't help anything,
1: actually. You had to be isolated whether you wanted it or not, Mm -hmm. you know?
2: Yeah, because I I decided to isolate before it was even... Lockdown was even mentioned. um, And... Yeah, I remember like COVID like came onto the map. I think it was like maybe January time, maybe December. Mm-hmm. I think it was January time, ended in January. And I was like showing my mate, I was like, mate, like this this yeah. real like if you look at this graph, this is not look good look good at all. And obviously I'm probably more prone to it because mm-hmm. I know I'm gonna be much more susceptible to yeah. um something bad happening uh if I were to catch it. So and and I was like like this and he's like, Oh mate, it's a big forest, like don't worry about it like <laughs> Just, it's not nothing to worry about, honestly. And then, lo and behold.
0: The world just became a different place, didn't it? And you'd already yeah. experienced some isolation, even just being in hospitals, so...
2: Yeah. Um, I, it was almost like... it was. I, I honestly didn't find it that tough, mm-hmm. um, isolation. I kind of, like, shut myself off from everyth- everything that was so, it was 2020. I basically shut myself off from everything anyway, that... Actually, I find isolating like comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to bother with people, yeah. um, with anything. And I, I'm not saying that's like a healthy, good way to live because it, it's not how I f- feel now. Like if I'm like by myself, so I went and lived even in uh, our with like uh, house that we share with our cousins. Um, my granddad and us in the north coast and i went and stayed there for like a month month and a half or something by myself Mm -hmm. that was absolutely fine like i had no issues really um and then yeah now they've like actually started like opening up with people and stuff again and actually being interested in relationships friendships Mm -hmm. like actually enjoying people's company and getting to like know each other whatever uh then even being isolated for, like, a couple of days myself, I hate it. Yeah. Like, I l- actually really, like, spending time with people. Like, I hate being lonely now. Really hate yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: Do you feel that's associative at all? Do you, do you feel sitting on your own kind of brings you back to sitting on an Isle Ward? Cause
2: no, because, like, I do... I Don't get me wrong, I do still spend, like, a decent bit of time alone. my own. Yeah. Um, so, like, no... Um,
1: yeah, fair enough. Solid
2: yeah. answer. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10, hey, family. <laughs> oh, dear. But, no, I, actually, I have, like, one thing that I do, like, do basically every night. Um, I don't know if there's something for you or what, but I, I, like, so for me, music is such a big thing. And there are certain th- songs that bring me right back when I was in that hospital ward. Oh, um, okay. And so I've like kind of like a, it's like a, f- it's uh, it's called Strictly Feels um, playlist. And I, I'll listen to that basically every, like there's the odd night, I'm like really not feeling a darn right. or anything. So I'll like kind of hard, find a heart. So I'll like listen to whatever uh, other music. Um, but I'll be listening to that and it takes me like, it, it's almost like, Compartmentalizing those yeah. thoughts, oh, and yeah. it's like, okay, that's the time that I can, like, yeah. feel down, whatever. But um, mm-hmm. and it doesn't always work, but um, it's just funny how that, yeah, oh, yeah brings you know. right back. There's so mm-hmm. one song in particular that brings me right back um, every time. Do you want to name it? <laughs> yeah, it's In Ruins um, by a guy called Trilla Kid, and um, it's like, there's like just one kind of like lyric uh, or like line in it um, which is like dying like I feel like I'm dying inside Mm -hmm. and that is how I felt so uh, like a lot of the other lyrics even in the song didn't really relate to me at the time but that like line just like um, and it's like repeated throughout a wee bit so um, yeah it was just a very very powerful song for me. Um,
0: Well at a very very young age you're I mean, to be very, like, kind of blunt, it's your face and you're mortality. It's not mm, yeah. that you should be doing, you know, it's mm-hmm. not thoughts you should yeah. be having, but to shy away from it, you know what I mean? The reality is...
2: But I, I, So, it, for me, though, the dying inside part was, like, it wasn't even, like, my body was dying. It, it felt like mm-hmm. my, like, soul was, like, yeah. dying. Oh, wow, yeah. okay, yeah. It's like and who you were, you know, yeah, like... Yeah, exactly. And that was the scariest part.
0: Yeah, so you were saying about it almost felt like a piece of like your soul was dying, you know what I mean? Like that's a really that's a really significant thing to to say and to feel was that. Um I don't know if I suppose it's just if you're comfortable, like maybe explain a a bit about I suppose you were maybe really alone in your own thoughts at the time and those must have been um pretty frightening at times maybe. I don't know if that's a fair comment.
2: Yeah. Um Mm. Yeah, I was scared, um, mm-hmm. to put it lightly. Mm-hmm. But I put on a brave face. Yeah, um, I think everyone kind of does, to be honest. Um,
1: Speak for yourself.
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> from, from my experience, like people seem to naturally have a way of putting on a, a brave face. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I don't know. A brave face is almost just another way of saying you bottle everything up. And keep it inside yourself, yeah. which isn't a good thing to do. Yeah, um, I wouldn't advise it.
0: But um, we all do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I guarantee you aren't the only one in your family doing that, mm. putting on yeah. a brave face. Yeah. I like, think we all do it, and
2: that was like even something that, like, I <laughs> because I I knew that my family would obviously be having their own struggles mm. with the whole thing.
1: Mm.
2: But I like almost just couldn't and can't relate mm. because it's like, just not what I had experienced at all. Yeah. And um, yeah, like I, I I think there's just certain things which like, almost just have to go unsaid. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, and but you still kind of know. Yes, um, understand. Like yeah, you, you s- understand you each get other. It,
1: yeah, like um, no one's ignorant in this situation. You know, like yeah. everyone's fully aware what's happening. I suppose that's what I was going to ask you. Chatting about brave faces, that and how realistically your family was putting on brave faces too. Do you kind of wish? I don't know the right way to word it. If you were to do it all again, or if someone else was in a similar situation. Do your wishes cut through that? Or do you think there's a place for just a quiet understanding? I think
2: that the way I dealt with it is kind of the only way I could yeah. have dealt with it. Because, like, for me, it was about just having to put in the time over the next few years and just get through it by any means possible. Yeah, And it wasn't, like, it's like almost like, what is there to talk about? It's like... Situations terrible, yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, like doesn't mean like you can't Mm -hmm. talk and like talk about how you feel. But like, sometimes that's just not going to change things. Yeah, Um,
1: yeah. I feel I definitely felt the same. Like, chat might help on an emotional side of things, but the reality of the situation is still going to stay the same. You know, and that's the big issue at the time, you yeah.
2: know. And sometimes, just a distraction is like, the best thing. Yeah, 100%. To pass time.
1: Yeah. Um, rather
2: than, like, yeah. wallowing on, whatever it is the whole time. Because oh, yeah. you're doing that, the rest of the time anyway.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah. My biggest support was a friend, who used to swing by, we'd sit and play Xbox, not even chat about cancer, and, he just said about, chat for an hour or two, and then ran on, and that was it, you know, and like, that was better than any big, heart to heart, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: yeah, oh, 100%. Like, my mate John,
2: he spent like it, it, just naming him in particular, but like just spent. I've spent s- the most time with him out of like all my mates over the last few years, and he's just. We don't have to like, yeah, talk about anything yeah. too serious like ever. Like, and th- that's class. Um, I like for a time I didn't like that actually, but because I thought like oh, everyone has to. Be this like, or everyone, uh, every relationship has to be um, looking for this like big heart to heart all the time. It's yeah. like actually no, we just like mock about, like take the piss out of each other, just yeah. have a laugh all the time, and it's so fun. And actually, yeah. I feel like that's what I needed. Um, you need most the time. fun, yeah, like, yeah. I don't like he would annoy me sometimes. I was like,
1: yeah. like all the time actually, <laughs> yeah,
2: but i do the same to him, um, <laughs> yeah. and that's, even that, just, like, being distracted by, like, something like that, something, like, small, yeah. even be annoyed by it, it's it's almost, like, a good thing.
1: Oh, yeah, um, 100%. The best thing for me was, I think I mentioned it last time, season one, episode two, check it out, was my friends used to bully the life out of me, proper bully the life out of me, they're bloody cruel, I loved it to bits, you know, it was that, like, human, like, I suppose you're chatting about your soul, that felt like my soul, you know, my soul was me and my friends bullying each other, you know, and even though I was sick, that didn't change, you know, I feel like cancer takes so much from me and it would be a wild shame if it could take friendliness away too and fun, you know.
2: Yeah, because for me, one of the, the big things, I'd never want to have my diagnosis as my identity. And yeah. I didn't want my identity to be taken away because of my diagnosis. And I didn't want my relationships to change because of my diagnosis. I, like yeah. I'm still me. I don't and for better or for worse, like some relationships did like change because of yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Um but like to so John, for example, just using him as an example, but like our relationship hasn't like changed yeah. one but yeah. like it's gotten we've actually come way way closer even yeah. mm-hmm. um but it's just yeah that like not treating like uh, kind of having the understanding like he definitely has like the understanding it's like find the balance between the understanding of this is what he's going through like cut him a bit of slack
1: mm-hmm. but also
2: like still rip the piss out of him like oh all I, the time
1: 100% yeah um <laughs> yeah. and you need that like you. Yeah. yeah too right Yeah. oh you need the balance yeah. don't you it's Connor the crab food cook <laughs> getting replaced by Connor the cancer patient is rubbish, you know. But you don't want Connor the friend to be replaced by Connor the cancer patient. Yeah. You know, you want to you wanna hold on to what you can, you know. Couldn't have said it better myself. Cheers, thinking about Connors a, a lot. That's a
0: beautiful moment. <laughs> <laughs> Clip that. Yeah, and then we kiss. You can't <laughs> say it, <but> we kiss. <laughs> I think it's a big thing for a lot of young adults yeah. about... In you say still still being new at the end of the day so yeah. um but I also suppose I'm a, a bit intrigued um to maybe have a bit of a conversation around um maybe so you've talked about the support of your family which sounds incredible and I think them just by the sounds of it um Giving you that space that you needed, whether it was a moment to talk or whether it was definitely not a moment to talk, but they just allowed you to do you almost in that. And that's a very precious thing. And then some friends that you've spoken about. Um, in terms of maybe some support services, um, I suppose I'd be keen to maybe have a conversation around how open you were to maybe engage with some support services. And... Um, you know, at in the maybe initial stages of diagnosis and um, going forward. And then I suppose if anything changed that way and what your thoughts were, thought processes were in that.
2: Um, yeah, I guess. Initially, um, I was introduced to so many new people at once, mm-hmm. like when mm-hmm. I went into hospital and had no idea what was going on and like Mm -hmm. as I was saying earlier like didn't know even that I had cancer for ages Mm -hmm. um and so yeah like just like having all these like things kind of like being shown to me and Uh, also not really, because I didn't, like, think what was going on was a big, like, in my head, even when I went into hospital, I was still thinking I was going to go do the season. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Like, I wasn't that known that my treatment was going to be three and a half years, and that I wasn't going to be able to do, like, any of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, like, kind of almost wasn't even listening to any of the things which, like, um, the support services, um, and... Yeah, but I guess, like, as time went on and I realised more of my situation a bit Mm -hmm. um, and I realised, actually, this is going to be a more long-term thing, this is obviously, like, actually accepting what the situation was, then, um, yeah, I I did, like, reach out a few times to, like, different things and kind of had a look at all that and... Did we do a games tonight? I think we did, did. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did, yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking uh, yeah. I, I was pretty sure. Um I like so even that, like yeah, that yeah. I was mm. and so even like I, I went to um I went to a psychologist for like mm. a year, maybe longer, maybe a year and a half. Um and I also went to like a counsellor before that, but only for a few weeks. I didn't uh, that maybe it wasn't yeah. long enough to judge, but mm. um I've actually always found that, for me, the best help that I've ever received has been from family and friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And... Because sometimes, like, even... That doesn't mean to say I haven't received support from Mm -hmm. the services or, like... My psychologist, who I, I spent many, many hours with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, we did build up a relationship. But there's still always that element in my mind. It's like, this person's just here doing a job.
1: Yeah, a, a disconnect mm-hmm. there. Yeah, like, and it's there? like,
2: almost like, it feels like sometimes like a one-way relationship. Mm-hmm. 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 Whereas, like, if it's f- family or friendship, it's not like that. Um, yeah. And so then, actually, when we did the games night, mm-hmm. I did really... I, th- I felt like a. It was like that, like two way relationship again, yeah. type type of thing, mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
2: uh, where you're in like a support group of people who have been like, going through the same or similar yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, it's, it, you, you're just there to be friendly with each other. Yeah. It's not like a- either you're like, being paid or compensated to be there yeah. for one another. It's no, you're there for each other. Yeah. Um. And yeah. so yeah, that that's kind of my, I'd say, uh. Overall, t- I think also, like, just one other thing. It's, I don't think it's helpful, and I, I, I don't know, but I don't think it's helpful that there seems to be so many different, like, charities
1: mm-hmm.
2: and like foundations, and it's just a bit confusing. Mm-hmm. It's a minefield, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I never figured it out, to be <laughs> honest. Oh,
0: <laughs> me neither. At times, the professionals involved can get confused, and it can even be linked to a lot of the time, charities are, are funding services you know within the nhs as well because there's no funding there so then it gets it can get to be a very confusing place for Mm -hmm. when as you said at the start (coughs) you're overloaded with information and i think it's always something that's really useful for us to hear in terms of being mindful of you know what i mean and um it's important for young people in particular i think to just at least know they have someone that they can reach out to if they need to ask something um because it, it can be a confusing world
2: I think also like, like usually people who like work for, you know, like any of those types of organizations. You know, they're they're people who want to help people. Yeah. That's why they're in that like particular role. Yeah. Um. Like, in any of any capacity, really. But I feel like there's just always, as I was saying, there's just always that like, no, it's yeah. like this person's doing a job. Yeah. 100%. And, yeah. So that's kind of my...
0: It's another layer of complexity added on to you're already feeling <coughs> a lot of feelings about things and then that is another one added in, which, you know, Yeah. it's a lot to get your head around I get yeah. it. Yeah.
1: I think, to me, kind of coming off of what you're chatting about there, without showing me hand too much here, I think after my surgery, after having staff wipe me arse and spoon feed me, I wasn't necessarily in the mood to... Ask staff to look after me mentally and emotionally too, you know, like, I feel like you receive that much support because of your physical needs, you know, and your treatment and all that, that it can be hard, it can be hard to ask for help at the best of times, it can be hard to ask for more help when you're already receiving help, you know. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and it's almost better to have those things separate, like those who are giving you the physical care and emotional care to, like, kind of be separate
1: a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it's important to, like, allow yourself to recognise your, like, emotional needs too, you know, and, like, to take care of yourself. And, honestly, to allow yourself to do that unhealthily from time to time, I think it was such a lovely parable one of my nurses told me about physical health and all that, where she was saying, like, look, you're going to lose a ball of weight, get whatever food you can into you be it junk food, any food's healthy at this stage of the game. You know, you've got cancer, a pizza's not going to be the thing to do you in, you know. And I feel the same way about looking after yourself mentally. Well, I'm like, if you're feeling panicked and overworked and need to spend a couple of days in the room on your own away from people, if that's what it takes to cope, go for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Give yourself that mental <coughs> junk food, you know.
2: Yeah, rather than trying to force yourself through yeah. any, like, social situation or, yeah, yeah, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, it's like you were saying about your counsellor and saying, like, oh, after about three weeks, wasn't really feeling it. Mm-hmm. And you bounced. Fair yeah. play, mm-hmm. you know, like. And I'd,
2: I'd, I'd also at the time, I remember, like, thinking, like, am I just, like, taking the easy thing yeah, here, easy route to just not do this? But, no, I think kind of it was. But, like, as I say,
1: best help... I ever got family and friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. before things don't have to be done formally. So long as no. they're as so long as you're getting someone to support mm-hmm. you, yeah. you
2: know. And it's even just like a, it's not even. Uh, I, like uh, I've learned it through my experience, kind of been on one side as well. Like even what the biggest thing is, I feel like it's just a listening ear. Oh yeah, 100%. like mom says that even, but like. Rather than thinking this person's like come to me, they're open up, whatever. I need to like give them like the best advice. Yeah. Like, think through. it's like no, actually, just listen to them. Be receptive, receptive to what they're saying.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the big benefit of say counselling. Where I feel like when it's someone you're close with, there's a lot of stakes to talking them about like quite deep personal things that maybe you do kind of hold back. Just think I say something here, I can't take this back, mm-hmm. you know. But her counsellor's like. It's all classified in a closed loop. You know, you can't just talk to an open ear, without having to fear about it, hitting you in the ass later on. You know, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. It's you're right about like finding the right person, yeah. uh, or people, to be able to uh, open up. Because there's definitely times I've opened up to like the wrong person or uh, whatever, and just, you're, you regret it. Yeah. Oh I yeah, yeah. oh, wish I hadn't mm-hmm. hadn't told them that. But like, yeah, just. Really, like, okay, I guess it's the, that's not even just, like, us, like, cancer patients, like, though. That's, yeah. like, anyone going through that's, life. Like yeah, you learn not, human, like, yeah, isn't it? Um, You're not going through all your experiences. That mm. There's some people you should go to yeah. with stuff and others,
1: but, yeah. Yeah, I'm five years post-treatment as of yesterday, and... Amazing. I know, amazing, yeah. That's But, um... <laughs> I still find myself opening up to mm-hmm. absolute strangers all the time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think there's definitely something in getting the right support at the right time with the right person, and it's important that you know there's no point anyone forcing you into this support, f- you know, and going to something if you're if you haven't really made that decision yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also on top of that, as you say, if you if you meet with someone and you're kind of like, do you know, what this isn't really working for me, the best thing you never do is just make that decision to say yeah. well do you know what let's change this up and and then also to know sometimes that sometimes that support will be with some form of professional whether it's a counsellor psychologist charity worker you know whoever that may be or it may be family and friends you know mm-hmm. everyone's different and yeah. as you say that I think two of the most important things are that you know to a degree that, you know, you're talking, you know, firstly, and then that someone's listening. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, yeah.
2: What that's like also taught me is like gratitude, um, -hmm. in, in having those people, um, to be able to go to whenever. Um, and also like, it's kind of a separate thing what to do with gratitude, um, like, I, from the very, very get-go, I just felt so, so lucky that I was in a country and a privilege, enough position to be able to get this treatment, mm-hmm. no matter who I was. Um, and that, because that's never had to be on my m- Like, I know I'm going to get my, my treatment. Um, which I, I just can't imagine, like, having to go through what I went through without having that, like, safety and security. Um of yeah, knowing that I'm gonna be able yeah. to get this treatment, yeah. Um, but yeah, gratitude. It's a, like I go through even just like every day now. I like I kind of I kind of like don't believe that it's I'm like out of treatment because yeah. I was in it mm-hmm. for so long, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and I was in them kind of mindset that it just won't ever end Mm -hmm. Um, and because when I got like my when I was like going away um, originally to do ski season or whatever like it was on that second day that it's like every day now that I have that I don't have that same thing happen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like brilliant like I can just be grateful for this day Um,
1: yeah yeah you're You start to set the bar so low that, like, waking up in your own bed is so brilliant. So genuinely brilliant, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, that sounds like a cliche, but, like, it's true. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, like... When you get everything taken away from you, like, the smallest, tiniest of things.
1: Talking bollocks with John is... A highlight, like and oh, it, it is. He won't, he won't like to hear me say that. But it is.
2: <laughs> Who
0: is this, John?
2: Oh, you don't want to <laughs> no, know. him. You like don't Con- want like <laughs> to know him. You
0: wouldn't. No, definitely not. No, that's class. I you think. need to see him to believe him. Huh? <laughs> I think practice and gratitude. I think that's a just a brilliant thing. And actually, it does sound sometimes a bit cliche, but it's really important. And what you both said allowing yourself sometimes even connor when you were talking about that or was it last week and having a couple of days where they just weren't great days but giving yourself permission that that's okay actually you know what i mean and
2: And you know it's not going to last forever Mm -hmm. you just kind of have to embrace it yeah Um, yeah it's even like i don't know i mean i'm only speaking from my experience and like people are different but like even if I think, like, say I get a craving for like a food, and I know I shouldn't eat like an entire tub of Ben and Jerry's, I'm like, do you know what? If I have half now and half tomorrow, all I'm gonna do is just gonna have half a tub for the next like few months. If I just have an entire tub now,
1: yeah, I'm not gonna want
2: to eat it for ages. So then that's like what? much better to do. It's better just like splash out, yeah, and just like oh, go right, at yes. it, and then
1: be like, oh, that wasn't even that good. Get the mm-hmm. junk food. Get the. That Physical is. junk food. Get the mental junk food. <laughs>
0: what great <laughs> advice there on Ben and Jerry's. Oh not lie. Just eat the tub, yeah. guys. Just eat, eat the, the tub. tub. Um, do you hear yourself? So, so, so do you hear yourself talk? Sometimes you're you're talking about gratitude in those days, and you know it won't last. It'll get better. And think back to the last couple of years, and almost find yourself going, like, did you see yourself in this position? You know, a year ago, or I suppose you know in the the frame of mind that you are? Um,
2: Yeah, yeah, I did. I did always think, like... Maybe not always, but for the most part, I kind of had the belief that things were going to get better. I just needed to put the time in. And, um, like, my states of depression or being down were a state of circumstance Mm -hmm. rather than... um, who I am mm-hmm. like and I think even like it, so for me so I had to go on and off steroids every month five days on five days off and those were like so it's basically like a week and a half slash two weeks and then like terrible weeks and then like two good weeks quote unquote and um like, don't get me wrong, chemo is not fun whatsoever. Mm-hmm. The steroids were, for me, so much worse. Mm-hmm. So much worse because they completely destroyed my mental every time. Um I, I don't know the full science behind it, but I know they just completely ruin and alter all the chemical balances and hormones in your brain um and so I guess kind of like it took me a while to figure all that out and figure out okay it's the steroids here and once I just get through that so even just like going through that time after time it almost like built up that I know when I'm not on them I'm doing well like like still not like amazing but like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm it gives you a lot more like confidence then when you like I recognize that pattern mm. and I realised, okay, it was these times like um so yeah and knowing that I wouldn't be on then steroids and everything when I finished treatment. Um and every like I'm I'm really excited by life and like all there is to offer and like it's scary sometimes, like you don't know what path you're taking you to know whatever, but like There's so many things I love and I'm passionate about Um, and so I was, I guess I always had that like hope, I don't know if hope's the right word, but like that, those things um, to kind of keep me like excited for the future.
0: A big thank you to Connor for sharing with us on today's podcast and to my fellow co-host the other Connor for joining us today. Thank you to the National Lottery Community Fund for funding this podcast as part of the Together We Thrive project, enabling us to share the stories of the families we support. If you or someone you love have been diagnosed with leukaemia, check out the description of this podcast episode for further information and signposting. We hope you enjoyed the tea.
1: Hi, Connor from today's episode here, one of two peer facilitators for Cancer Fund for Children. We're working to build a youth engagement group to ensure the voice of children and young people is at the heart of our organisation and they're an active voice in champion change across cancer services and we'd love you to be involved. All applicants would need to be young people affected by cancer aged between 8 and 17 and within three years of referral to the Cancer Fund for Children or four years of bereavement. Keep a tight eye on the Cancer Fund for Children social media over the summer for more details. Any further questions about criteria commitments, you can get in touch with our youth engagement specialist, Laura, by the email in the podcast description below.